Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, please don't tell anyone pod or TikTok account. And he goes, I didn't get you pregnant. We did that together. And I need you to be clear about that. I did not do anything to you. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go on blind to all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand just like you. When I was 19, I met someone who was 21 years older than me and ended up dating them for a couple months before everything came to a head when I ended up pregnant and at and he ended up in prison because of me. I did end up getting an abortion and picking myself up and putting myself back together. My abortion was the easiest and hardest part of this experience. Um, the only real thing that like I want to put up a boundary about is um, talking about his story and what he went through. There's going to be things that I'll like reveal about things that I found out as I found out. Um, but when it comes to what landed him in prison and all of that stuff, I would really like to leave that out. Same with his family. I want to leave his family out of it as well. So okay. Those are the boundaries I set up. So yeah. why don't you just start where you want to start and I'll, I'll jump in. Awesome. Um, I'll start with how I ended up in the circumstances to meet him. So I was in a long-term relationship with someone for like about a year, maybe a little bit more. Um, and we broke up. I lived with him, uh, so I had to move out. Uh, when you I were 19? To, when I was 19, yes. This was in uh, spring of 2019. So spring of 2019, my ex and I broke up, and I had to go f- live with my parents again. I had options. Like, I could have lived on my own, but I was really broken from that relationship. A lot of, like, self-esteem issues, a lot of uh, codependency issues, I guess, is really the best way to put it. Um, so I really needed to figure out my own independence again. So I decided to move with my parents. Well, my parents were moving from the, where I went to high school in this area um, all the way 45 minutes to an hour away. So it was completely an area that I didn't know. And it's called Greeley, Colorado. So <laughs> I know that means nothing to you, but it might mean something to someone listening. Yeah. Um, in the sense of it's cow town. They slaughter cows there. So it smells terrible. Um, I decided I needed to get a job. Um, I was going to the local community college for a little bit and honestly um, I wasn't finding friends there. I had the hardest time making friends at community college. Um, Everyone was a little older than me. Everyone was a little bit younger than me. It was this awkward age I was at. Um, So I decided that I was going to get a job at Panera Bread. Uh, Panera Bread, (laughs) um, it, it was right around the corner from my community college, I could easily work shifts before and after school. So that's why I chose that. Well, <laughs> um, I met him there. That's where I met him. Did he, he work there? there? Okay. He wasn't yes. a patron. No. Getting the he mac and cheese. There. Got it. Exactly. <laughs> he worked there. Um, and he was someone I didn't really notice at first. Um, I had, no one was really talking to me there. There was a bunch of kids around my age there, but no one that really took an interest in me. They all had their own, like, you know, friends and previous relationships. So I was just the new girl 
just chilling. Um, and he decided to take a special interest in me. He decided to talk to me a lot. You know, he would ask me questions and I didn't think much of it because I knew he was older than me. I didn't know how much older, but I did know he was older than me. He was also slightly shorter than me. He was five, six and I'm five, eight. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't exactly picturing him in that light Mm -hmm. at the time. (laughs) Um, and so he just kept talking to me more and more. And one day, uh, we were standing in the back room where like, you know, the employees like leave their food and drinks and he was picking up a drink cup and about to take a drink. And on his hand right here, there was a number and it said 1978. And if you do the math, that's Mm -hmm. about 21 to 22 years older than me. Mm. So did he confirm that that was his birth year? Well, I kind of laughed and I said, is that your birth year? And he goes, yeah, um, it is. And I was like, that makes you 42. And he laughs. He goes, you're really good at math. I was like, no, that's the year my mom was born. (laughs) So, you know, kind of just to add an element to it. My mom is the exact same age as him. Like they're weeks apart in birthdays. Wow. I can't wait till we get to your mom's reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I didn't, again, he's as old as my mom. I'm learning stuff about him because he's sharing things about his life with me, just simple stuff. Like he's an artist and, you know, I'm just finding out little bits um, and that he's really into tattooing. I know that's what he does because I have tattoos and I previously at that time had just gotten this tattoo. Mm -hmm. Um, So we fast forward to about November, December time of 2019. Um, Wait, but just to back up for a second, when this, when the conversations were starting at Panera and it was just kind of this friendship vibe did you like that friendship did you just think of it like oh this is like a weird older brother vibe uh it wasn't necessarily a weird older brother vibe it was like this is the first person to talk to me and try to make friends with me since I moved here in June it's you know I've been we're talking like September time and I moved in June so this is my first friend around here and honestly I lost touch with everyone from high school I really didn't have friends anymore so it was just this really rough time personally so he he was there he talked to me he took an interest in me and honestly some of the people I worked with up at the front because I was a front cashier were really mean to me so it was very nice to have a friendly face when I like went to go get a drink of water or something so you started there in what month I decided it October 4th and I remember because I I was a manager there Mm -hmm. in the future so that that date comes up yeah but okay so we're October this friendship starts and then right around the holidays so we're talking like December now is where we're gonna go yes so in December um I kind of start to uh figure out that he likes me I guess I'm starting to get this vibe of flirtiness and he's just giving me more flirtatious eyelash batting and you know ask me if he wants if I want him to make me food and so forth so were you into it I didn't know yeah that's always the worst one it's like do I like the attention do I because at this point you objectively have no friends at the place you're working in this community this this person's giving you attention yeah that must have felt really good it did because everyone at the store loved him. So him giving me attention started giving other people the idea to talk to me. Isn't it because funny if, that in the microscopic yeah. world that we can get ourselves into of like Panera Bread in yeah. small town Colorado that it becomes like, oh, yes. he's a celebrity here. Yeah. Exactly. He's the hot guy. Yeah. Yes. He's the, you know, he's the hot shit around mm-hmm. Panera Bread and Greeley yeah. at the time. So. It started to get people to talk to me, and this girl, um, Anitra, befriended me, and she was, you know, pretty cool with him at work, and so we 
we're texting all the time, you know, hanging out. And she ended up um, becoming close between us. And she's actually the one who kind of let me know that he liked me because I think I was kind of avoiding looking at it the right way. Yeah. So she's like, hey, I think he likes you. And I just like laughed it off. And I was like, "Okay, sure. Um, And then we get to January and we're tech. And at this point, I just started a new job. So I was working part time at Panera and I was working part time as a nanny. So um, I was nannying and he wasn't seeing me as much because I kind of reduced my hours at Panera because my pay was better as a nanny. Yeah. Kind of to paint a picture of who he is. He is the cool guy. He is laid back, chill. He was um, he's really into rap music. He Uh, really likes style so he really loves shoes he loves clothes you know he's just really into style and also he has these weird quirks he does not say he does not spell out the word i like when he's talking about himself like you know Mm -hmm. the letter Mm -hmm. itself he spells it e-y-e and i remember that really annoying me because i was like what the fuck (laughs) um (laughs) And I started to kind of like him because we started finding out more things about each other. I found out he went to college and he has a degree in graphic design and that he really loves to paint and draw. And so do I. I love painting. I love drawing. Um, and he also told me that he fa- he decided he liked me because I was wearing these high tops that had paint all over them. So it was just by him observing me that he decided that I was a cool person, which is kind of random but but kind of also what you needed at that time yeah like I get it it. did and turns out we actually had a lot in common he grew up in areas that I grew up in I moved about 13 times in my childhood so like I lived in a lot of different places in Colorado um and so therefore he grew up in a lot of those places I grew up so we could talk about restaurants we could talk about corners we could talk about hangout spots and granted he was like you know a whole person you know a drinking age person yeah older than me but we still had stuff in common and then we kind of get to the part where I want to hang out in person to kind of see where this is going to go because I'm not satisfied with just getting to know each other over text and talking at work when we talk at work there's eyes on you you know everyone's gossiping like what are they doing so mm-hmm. <laughs> I really wanted that um one-on-one time outside of work well he was being sketchy mm. he was being very avoidant of hanging outside of work he wasn't being clear about what he wanted Um, And so I just kind of got frustrated and eventually he gave in and he set a date. He had to stop by work before he met up with me. So he said, let's meet at Starbucks next door. And I was like, "Okay, that's fine. We'll meet there. He comes over. He's nervous. He's not acting like himself at work. He's not the cool guy anymore. He's kind of like the kid that's like, you know, nervous around this girl, which made no sense because that's the opposite of his personality. He pays in cash, which I know is like a normal thing. And I pay in cash because I like my tips. But um, this is important to the like story is that he only pays in cash. He has no cards in his wallet. He just has cash and an ID. And then we go sit down and eventually he goes, I have to tell you something. And when anyone says that it's sentence, your heart drops. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, what the it's never like I just won the lottery me? and I'm going to give you six yeah. million of my $12 million win. Yeah. That that would have been a better thing to drop than what he dropped on me. <laughs> he tells me, he's like, I really hope no one at work has told you, but there's a small chance you already know I really want to be the person that tells you and explains myself. And my mind is racing. I'm like, what is it? What can this possibly be? And he drops the bomb that he is in a halfway house. He lives in a halfway house. Mm-hmm. And the reason he lives in a halfway house is because three years prior, mm-hmm. he got convicted of a, of a felony mm-hmm. for something he didn't do, but he 
do something, just not the thing he got convicted for. Okay. Hi, everyone. It's Molly. The audio cut out for five minutes on Raquel's side. So just to fill you in, they went on their first date, and he aggressively made out with her in the car um, and then said that he had to go back to Panera. Okay. He tells me he has to go back to Panera after our date, and I was like, why? And I finally asked the question because I didn't know why he went there before work. And it turns out when you're in a halfway house, you cannot leave for any reason you have to leave with permission and yeah. the basically the only reason you can leave is to see a probation officer to find a job or to go to your job mm-hmm. so he goes to his job uh he told them he was going to work so when he went to Panera first he actually asked the managers if they would lie for him mm-hmm. and say that he was at work if they called and he called them to tell them there because they time him so he's like hey I'm going to work and then he has to like walk ride his bike or take a public transportation to get to Panera Um, and then he has to call them and tell them hey I'm at work but it's not any allotted amount of time he has to tell them like hey I'm walking so Mm -hmm. they give him x amount of time to walk so forth so he went to your boss the both of your bosses Mm -hmm. and did he say I'm going on a date with my coworker? I have can you lie I have no idea I don't okay. think they knew until they knew type of thing. Like, yeah. I don't think they but knew. But I'm like, why would they like, lie for him unless it was something that they wanted? Well, you have to remember, he was the star of Panera. That's Everyone true. loved him. He was. Yeah. He was the Brad Pitt yes. of Panera. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone loved him. The managers loved him. And he was a hard worker. So yeah. definitely had him in his pocket. On this first date, did you ask anything uh, aside from his jail time? Were you asking, like, do you have kids? Why aren't you married? You know, I know it's a first date, but just, like, any baseline other than we've grew up in the same type of town. Oh, and you were in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Eventually, I did ask him, like, have you, you know, do you have kids? Were you ever married? Mm -hmm. And I did find out those answers. Like, he was never married, but he had a really long-term girlfriend uh, for, like, I think it was uh, 12 years. um, And he met her in high school so they were high school sweethearts okay. and then he's had other relationships since and um but the theme of these relationships is they're all younger they never mm-hmm. age he ages but the girls never age and now I like think back about it and I'm like I'm not going to tell anyone what his intentions were because I have zero clue but yeah. I am going to say you only date younger women for a handful of reasons because no old woman your age or respectfully within your age range is going to date you because they see through your bullshit Mm -hmm. or you don't you haven't been able to grow up and you can only really see things through a 20 something year old's eyes yeah so like those are the reasons I've come up with or you're a pervert and you like teenagers like those are the three yeah so you have this first date the makeout's a little rougher than you would have wanted but looking back you understand why yes it was that even though that's so horrible of that power dynamic um then what happens um my dog dies Mm. in january 18th my childhood dog passes away um and i was sad and he comforted me he was very nice and he was there he was like the shoulder cry on and was he there though because he's only able to go certain places so he wasn't there when my dog died i ended up having to go back to work because i had a shift (laughs) and i didn't want to do my shift um but i had to and i was like pretty much like a shell of a person um and he noticed and asked me what happened and we talked about it and he was really comforting in that moment and that made me happy and then we can fast forward to february mm-hmm. which is uh valentine's day that is actually the day we became official right 
he gets me a teddy bear with a necklace around its neck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very beautiful. Uh, it's a little blue, um, I think it's a sapphire. Yeah, blue sapphire. Um, and it's very pretty. And he says it's, you know, it's because it reminds him of a blueberry. Mm-hmm. And that was actually the nickname, like maybe a week prior, he started calling me because we had blueberries on our production line. And I would just walk by and just grab a handful of blueberries and just keep eating them. Shout so out Panera. That's how I got that yeah. nickname. Yeah. And we became official. And that's actually the first night we had sex. Okay. It wasn't great. Um, it felt very uh, forceful on his end. Like he felt very strong. It felt very like I didn't have a lot of control over what was happening. Um, and my sexual experience at that point wasn't That's what I was going to ask. And again, you don't have to answer yeah. the following questions on a mask. But like <laughs> You're good. at 19, I assume and correct me that y- you hadn't had sex with other 40-year-old men. This was your first, like, no. the, every other guy, I assume, was around your age, mm-hmm. which is a different – I yes. wouldn't know from experience because I've only had sex with girls, but that this is <laughs> no. your um, – that it's a completely different vibe. Yes. It is It is completely different, and um, I didn't know that going in. I thought it was going to be very similar to my past sexual experiences because, mm-hmm. like I said, I've had sex with people before. It just wasn't – this experience and I remember being kind of like scared and we didn't talk about having sex before it just happened and that is something I've never experienced Mm -hmm. before either is like I normally have very respectful partners or very respectful people in the sense of like they want to talk about sex before it happens and if you don't then it probably isn't going to happen because I'm pretty like okay bye (laughs) like after a hangout so this is the first night we had sex and he tells me you know oh it was great whatever and um, Can, he actually ended up um, coming inside That's what I was about me. to ask. Was it protected sex? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So and that's why I said it came out of nowhere. No communication, no condom, no ask if you're on birth control, mm-hmm. no anything. And I was not on birth control because I had been single since my ex and I stopped taking it because I hate birth control. <laughs> so What was going through his head? I don't know. He just told me, he's like, I didn't think you would let it happen unless you were on the pill or like unless you were protected and I'm just like what and then he informs me that he will not have an orgasm unless he gets unless he's condom free and it's inside of someone he won't orgasm from a hand drop he won't orgasm from your mouth like he is solely like inside of you without a condom and I'm just like okay and I kind of don't say anything even though it really bothers me and I think it's because I was so alone and isolated that I was so worried about losing this one person that made my world a little bit better yeah it was a perfect storm Um, exactly so I didn't want to lose that and so therefore I accepted it I remember cleaning myself up afterwards I remember thinking fuck I have to get plan b and so I got plan b did he pay for it did you ask him to pay for it I told him, I was like, I think I need to take a plan B. I'm not on birth control. He said, okay. Mm. It's so nice of him to just approve of that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So you get the plan B. You take mm-hmm. the plan B. I take it. My question right now is like, so that first time you have sex, he says the orgasm thing, which insinuates we're going to have mm-hmm. more sex when this, and this will happen again. And this will happen again and again and again, because I need to orgasm and I, to do that. Here's what needs to happen. Yeah, and he told me that he doesn't need it, and that's kind of, like, another thing that was a red flag is, like, someone telling you, like, I only orgasm if I'm in you, but, like, I don't oh, need it. what a weird thing to say. And it, that is such a, 
that shit backwards yeah. thing to ever say to someone. It's the most confusing sentence I've ever heard. And so I wasn't necessarily under the full impression like it was going to happen again. I did feel like I remained some control mm-hmm. over my body and that was felt pretty good. But I didn't feel like I was in total control over everything because there was a clear power dynamic that I just now looking back I understand but in the time I was just like we're equals (laughs) okay so you take the plan b I get on birth control immediately so I'm on birth control I'm on birth control for the remaining of our relationship that's the total amount um and things just start not feeling right um it's more of a chore to hang out with him than it is like Mm -hmm. fun because I have to go to right down the street from the halfway Mm -hmm. house he walks from the halfway house to a parking lot he gets in my car we drive to Panera he calls them and tells them that he's Mm -hmm. there and then after that we go and hang out and we do our thing so it's a routine it feels good sometimes it feels more like a chore other times just depended on the day and then we get to the next big event which is like April time I start not feeling well in April I think it's like the last week of April, almost May, um, and I start not feeling well. I haven't, I normally bleed when I'm on birth control, but this time I'm not bleeding. So I decide to go off of it for a week, and I don't have mm-hmm. sex with him while I'm off of it because I'm like, you don't know yeah. boundaries. So, But before that, yeah. are you guys just having uh, sex in the car since, like, that's the only real place you can have sex? Okay, just curious. Yes. We're having sex mm-hmm. in the car. Um, it. I like I liked some of it. I did. Uh, other parts of it, I didn't. Um, I definitely did not love the fact he came in me. But once I was on birth control, I felt better about it. And I kind of enjoyed mm-hmm. some things quite a bit in that aspect. And also, he would buy me food. And I didn't have to spend my paycheck on eating out. <laughs> he liked to buy me things online as well. He liked to order me clothes. And he would send them to my house. Um, he, he would spend his paychecks on me, basically. All right. So there were some perks. That's probably why I stayed because, like, there's all, like, the shiny exterior on things and then there's, like, the real dirty shit behind it. And so I was seeing a lot of this shininess on the top. Promising me a future. He tells me, like, oh, we'll buy a house together. Mm -hmm. We can move anywhere. I can finance our life and you can figure out what you want to do with your life. Um, You know, because I make money from graphic design. I sell my designs. I make money from tattooing. He's telling me that once he's out of this place, he will have all of these avenues Mm -hmm. of money so that I don't have to worry about working all the time and I can focus on my dreams and what I want to do because at that point I was like I don't freaking know what I want to do so I'm falling for the shiny exterior and end of April I start not feeling well so I go off birth control for like a week time and I tell him that he still wants to have sex but I tell him no like I was pretty firm because I was pretty scared about being pregnant I never bled and after you get off birth control typically Mm -hmm. you bleed like that even though it's not necessarily your period you normally bleed and I had nothing going on um so I decide to buy a pregnancy Mm -hmm. test just to see um because I wasn't feeling well I felt very like hungry all the time I felt lightheaded I just didn't feel good Um, and it never, I've never seen something turn positive so fucking fast in my life. Sounds so scary. I was like, it was like 10 o'clock at night. I just got home from work. Um, I almost peed myself trying to get to the bathroom because I was Mm -hmm. holding it just so I could take this test. Um, and it it turned positive. I'm sitting like there in the bathroom, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, you know, the feeling of when your whole body kind of goes numb and all you feel is Mm -hmm. coolness. And I'm just like, oh my God. Um, so I hide the pregnancy test. I rush downstairs to my bedroom and I don't, I don't say anything. I don't text him. I don't call him. I just go to bed 
next day we're supposed to hang out we i do our normal you know routine i go and pick him up and we go to our park that we've been hanging out with because it's the pandemic and we're sitting on the blanket i think we're eating we're eating food i think Mm. it's chipotle not positive but it's something like a competitor so don't tell panera (laughs) (laughs) so i'm eating chipotle and we're sitting there and i tell him i have to tell him something he's like oh what and I show him, I pull out the pregnancy mm. test and I give it to him and he opens like out of the little wrapper and he goes, oh, and he gets excited. No. He gets happy. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. He gets happy. And he tells me, he's like, this is like a blessing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. At this point, have you told um, a friend? He, have you, did you cry that night going to sleep? You were just numb, fell asleep. I was still numb when I was telling him because I had zero clue what the heck was happening. Mm. And he's like, oh, my God, like, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, I think I want to keep it. I don't know. And he's like, okay, cool, cool. And he's like, you know, he's just like, we can figure this out. He's like, I'm actually up to get out. I'm going to still be on parole, but I'm up to get out of this place in June. And this is the end of April, almost May. So, like, we are close to June. So that makes me feel better because if I'm Mm -hmm. turning up positive, I can't be more than, like, Mm -hmm. maybe two months pregnant. I really can't be. Um, I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, that that works. Like you you'll start working right away. You can, you know, I can eventually stop working. Like this will be great. Like I can have my little life, like this little independent life away from my parents. Cause like I guess the biggest thing was independence at this time and I didn't want to keep living with them. So I was like, okay, great. This is my opportunity for this independence. We were get in the car to drive to somewhere else. And I remember we were driving down this highway and it's uh he turns to me, he goes, I do have to tell you something. I was like, what? He goes, I didn't do anything to you. What? And I was like, yeah, exactly. That was my exact response. I said, what? Like, just like you, it did not make any sense. It was out of context. And he goes, I didn't get you pregnant. We did that together. And I need you to be clear about that. I did not do anything to you. I don't even know. Like, I genuinely don't know how to react to that. (laughs) Exactly. And I said, no, I know how sex works and like specifically between us, we, you know, most, of, you know, mm-hmm. it was consensual is what I said. I'm like, this has been consensual. So, However, you made it very clear that <laughs> you didn't want to wear a condom, which would be your 50% of the birth control that now I'm on. Yes. So he just wanted me to understand that he didn't do anything to me and that I'm not some sort of victim. And I was like, I never said that I was. I never even hinted that this was a mm-hmm. thought in my head. So I don't know where this is coming from, is what I told him. We kind of resolved that quick, and it was kind of blown over. And then a week later, pregnancy starts hitting me really hard. I start throwing up. I start feeling icky. I start feeling really, really lightheaded. Like the feeling mm-hmm. I was feeling before just like times a thousand. And I've never felt that shitty, but I'm still working full time, 40 plus hours a week, sometimes even more closer to 50. I'm delivery driving. I'm working in the store. I'm working at the cash registers. I'm working at drive through. I'm working on the line like I'm doing. You are the poster child of Panera at this point in time. (laughs) At this point, yes, I was a hard worker and I was working my butt off. And one day um, Alex decided to buy me um, prenatals because at this point, he was under the understanding I was keeping it. I was pretty sure I was going to keep it because of all his promises Mm -hmm. to me about how he was going to basically help financially and make sure that I didn't raise this Mm -hmm. kid at my parents' house. That was my understanding. And so, therefore, he buys me prenatals. I start taking them. I put them in the floor of my car just because it was easiest to take them. 
and I'm trained someone that day and someone gets in my car and finds the bottle of prenatals and they work with me and at this yeah. point no one knew <laughs> and she's like she picks it up and she goes oh my god congratulations and I was like thanks you know at this point I didn't tell anyone because I wasn't sure what my feelings yeah. about it were like I don't want to tell someone I'm pregnant and then be like oh yeah mm-hmm. I had an abortion like I, that's not something at this point I really wanted to have yeah. a discussion about and I if I'm being honest abortion wasn't even on my mind yet but I knew that I didn't want to tell anyone and I think that was my subconscious like having yeah. a backup plan like a plan b in case shit <laughs> no hits the fan so he he's still being great and then one day um he doesn't show up when I'm supposed to pick him up and take him to work because we worked mm-hmm. the same shift that day. And he doesn't show up. I wait maybe, maybe 10, 15 minutes, but then I have to go because I have to get to work. So I show up. Anthony's not there. And I uh, start to panic a little bit. I text him. I call him. Uh, no answer. So I'm like, okay. I go to work. Um, halfway through my shift, uh, I get a call from him. He tells me he is not allowed to leave because they found his phone. He was not supposed to have a phone in there. And they went through his phone and they found out everything. They found out all the places we had gone together. We went to Boulder. We went to Denver. We went a lot of places. He found, They found out all the GPS locations of where he had been, the pictures that he had taken with me, the pictures he had of me, you know, just like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so they found all of it and they wouldn't let him leave because they knew he was lying mm-hmm. about going to work. So then he had a... Um, quit Panera obviously they put him on lockdown they didn't know what they were going to do with him because he had to go in front of a judge and this is the middle of the pandemic so judge uh like showing up to court it's all virtual so he does it at the place Mm -hmm. he never leaves the place he's still able to call me from the phones like their phones and stuff but we can't have like really any conversation besides like him updating me on what's going on meanwhile you're becoming more pregnant every day yes um I'm panicking because I'm like this changes a lot I feel like he's going to you know have to go back to jail like I didn't and he kept reassuring me that this wasn't going to happen he would still be able to get out in June like he has no idea what the fuck he's talking about totally (laughs) yeah he was totally on this train of like nothing changes I'm just not allowed to leave right now um and then he asks a buddy for their phone and he uh, starts texting me off of their phone um and then eventually one day it goes radio silent maybe a week and a half after uh, he didn't show up for work. I text the number and the number tells me um, Anthony's not here. Uh, He got picked up, but um, I have something for you. And I'm like, okay. He wanted me to meet him outside of his work that day at like two o'clock. I go and meet him outside of his work at two o'clock. And he gives me like this envelope and it had a letter from Anthony. It had um, just like his credit, his debit card for, um, from work because we get a debit card and then it also had like his id and just random stuff like that all his valuables basically in this little envelope and the letter just basically read i'm so sorry that this happened i you know i'm getting sent back to jail yada 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 it just Mm -hmm. basically said the same thing over and over again like i love you and you know i you know i want the best for our family whatever whatever and then finally he calls me from jail and he tells me you know he got sent back to jail and they found everything uh, about me and about um, what had happened. And he went in front of the judge and the judge sent him back to jail. And the judge said that he was a pervert for dating me. And that's the other thing because he told me what the judge said that it was like, oh. Next day I go to work and I'm not good. I break down to one of my managers and I tell her everything. I tell him that Anthony is in jail. I tell her that I'm pregnant. And she just, her jaw drops and she's like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry that you have to go 
through this. I'm so sorry that um, this is even a thing. Um, I want you to know that I've had an abortion. I had one three mm. weeks ago, actually. I was like, this woman is what? such a blessing. Yeah, I didn't even know she was. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't even know you were going through this. And she's like, yeah. Um, you know, if you need anything, just know that that is an option. I'm not telling you that's what you should do, but it's an option. And I, I want you to be aware of it. That's the first time that abortion has really been a thought in my head. I knew it was an option. I knew it existed, but it wasn't really feeling feasible or like mm-hmm. in my grasp at that point until she says it out loud. Um, so I do more research. I get into the whole shebang of what an abortion entails. I don't know how long, how far along I am yet, but I'm throwing up every morning. Absolutely freaking miserable. Um, pregnancy sucks. Every single part of it. I was crampy. I was moody. I couldn't hold food down. Like food was disgusting. He's still in jail. We're kind of having these conversations that I am paying for, mind hey. you, because you have to pay to talk to people in jail. Um, and then mm-hmm. his mom reaches out and tells me she's excited about the baby. At this point, have you told your parents? Nope. Just I haven't told a soul except for my manager. Yes. So I'm like, what? That wasn't your news to share. And he goes, but it's art. And I'm like, no, I to- asked you to not tell anyone. Like, And he's like, I didn't know that included my mom. And I was like, why is this woman texting me? And mind you, she's texting me every day, like every day, 24-7. And I'm like, I yeah. don't know how to feel about this person right now. I'm kind of mad at Anthony. I don't really want to talk. Um, and then my parents say, hey, do you want to go camping? Mm-hmm thought that was like my perfect escape I have an excuse to not answer him or his mother (laughs) um and I go camping but here's the thing you can't really hide throwing up in front of your parents in a camper halfway through the camping trip they both look at me and go are you pregnant and I tell them no I lie I lie straight to their faces I say no not that I know of like Mm -hmm. I I would know um we get home my mom asks me to take a pregnancy test because she's pretty sure I'm pregnant. So I take a pregnancy test. Um, the day after, we get home from camping, and I go on a walk with my mom around the block, and I tell her, yeah, I'm pregnant. And she goes, okay, where is he? And I just I lie to her. I don't tell her that he's in jail. I don't tell her anything. I just tell her he moved. He lives in Arizona with his mom now. That's it. Like, so I kind of just take full responsibility in front of my parents because there was absolutely nothing he could do. He could- what was your fear in, in just telling them the truth? My parents have really high standards for me, and uh, I have high standards for myself. Uh, this was not in character for me. Yeah. This was completely out of character. I am a good kid. I'm a nice kid. I only dated people that were really sweet and genuine, and so me dating someone like him was out of left field. And... It just didn't feel right for them. Uh, And I know it wouldn't go right with them. They would ask me what's wrong with him. And they would ask the really hard questions. And uh, they probably would have helped me see his true colors sooner. But when you're 19, 18, you feel like you're an adult and you can make your own decisions and you're not naive to the world. You don't want to let your parents in on mistakes you're making. So I tell my mom, like, oh, he doesn't live here anymore. Like, he's gone. It's just me now. And she goes, okay, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. I, th- I actually look into it about uh, Planned Parenthood and what it would take for me to get an abortion and, you know, how much it would cost. I found out mm-hmm. it cost about $500. My insurance would not cover it. I have insurance through my mom who is works for a Christian or Catholic company, so therefore they mm-hmm. do not cover abortions. Um, their clinics actually don't even do abortions, so therefore I did have to go to Planned Parenthood. 
So I went to Planned Parenthood and, uh, or actually what happened is I went downstairs the next morning after deciding like, this is what I want to do. And I tell my mom, I'm going to get an abortion. And she goes, okay, if that's your choice, like, you know, what makes you think that's what you want to do? And I told her, I was like, I don't want you and dad to have to raise another kid. You guys are done. You guys have, you know, I'm an adult. My brother's almost in high school. Like, you know, he's, you're done. You don't want any more little kids. She's like, that's true, but this would be your kid. I'm like, but I couldn't do it. I can't do it by myself. I would need so much financial help. I would need so much physical help. I am not in a good place mentally already. Am I fit to be a mother? No, I would not be a good mom. I mentally did not have the same mental health that I have now. I didn't have therapy at the time. My parents were really anti-therapy. So like it was stigmatized in my household. So therefore I wasn't getting any help that I needed at this exact moment in time. Um, I go back to work. I I schedule my Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. um, visit on my lunch break (laughs) at work. I call them and you have to do like a you have to call them, set up the appointment, and then they have to call you 24 hours later and confirm the appointment. So therefore, like, you have 24-hour window to, like, really yeah. understand what you just made. And they kind of go over everything really fast. And that, you know, the guy on the other line was great. Like, honestly, no part of that did I feel judgment. No part of that did I feel like, oh, my yeah. God, I'm doing something wrong. Because they were really nonchalant about it, respectful. And it was Good. an easy process to make the appointment. Um, well, I tell my mom, she just, you know, she agrees to take me um to the appointment and that night um after work and after talking to my mom and she agreeing to take me to the appointment my appointment is one week to the day away Uh so therefore this was a thursday and so my appointment Uh was going to be the following thursday um i finally answer his call and uh, we talk on the phone and i tell him hey i'm gonna get an abortion and he said okay i understand that's all he said was okay i understand And I said, I need your mom to stop texting me. And he said, I can't do much Mm -hmm. about that. I can tell her, but I can't control her. I was like, okay. (laughs) He'll block her. She doesn't. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to continue not responding. Yeah. Like we're, I'm, I can't have this in my life because basically she's like preaching scripture at me and like pressuring me to like step up and I need to be this person for him. And I'm like, I'm a kid. And she's. And basically, I felt this, like, weight on my shoulders. I needed to take care of him. I need to be the person that puts money on his books. I need to be the person that makes sure his stuff gets picked up from the halfway house. Otherwise, it's going in the dumpster. And I did all those things so naively because I felt this immense amount of pressure because it was technically my fault that he got put there. I mean, it was my fault that he got put there. The reason he was... Well, no, it was his fault that he got put there. Do you really feel like it was your fault that he's back in jail? I did because I think I wasn't completely understanding of the things he was risking to hang out with me and to be with me so I was being very needy with it and I was being very uh, careless with it like okay I want to go to Boulder I want to go do all these things because in a relationship I expect to not just Uh sit at a park and talk all day like that's kind of boring so I did push the limits I did kind of um, force that to be more expanded and I don't feel like it's my fault I feel like I definitely didn't help the situation yeah, but this 40-something-year-old made a choice. <laughs> yes. He he made the choice to be with me. He made the choice to yeah. lie. So Okay, so you say you're getting the abortion. You say, get your mom off my dick. <laughs> and, and what happens? Yeah. He says, okay, we get off the phone. Um, at this point, I think he's understanding that we're not together, but I know mm-hmm. I haven't said it out loud yet. 
but he tells me that there's a little bit of cash on the card that um, I have of his. And if I want, I can use it for the abortion. So I used part of it to pay for the abortion, actually, because Uh he said I could. So I Uh took that as a here's the card for half of it and here's my card for the other half. well, my mom drives me to the appointment because I'm not sure what kind of abortion I'm receiving because I have zero clue how far along I am. I have zero clue about any of that. So therefore, they didn't give me specifics if I needed someone to drive mm-hmm. me. So they should ju- I should come with someone. So I go in and oh, my God, this feels like a prison. I get buzzed in and then there's like this plexiglass and a little peephole and they're like, well, you know, name. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I give them my name and then they buzz me through another door and then it looks like a normal doctor's office. But it's like this really high yeah. security thing and that freaked me out. Uh, I sat there for a minute. They gave me paperwork, filled it out, and then they sent me back to my car because it's COVID. A woman calls me um, on my phone and asks me a bunch of questions. Is someone forcing you to be here today? Do you feel like you have a choice? Um, how's your yeah. mental health? Just stuff like that. And my mom's right next to me in the car listening to all of it. And I didn't lie. My mom was silent during all of this. She was just very much like keeping to herself knowing that I I needed to do this like myself in my way uh they finally call me to go back in uh to go see the uh to go see the doctor I go in and a woman uh escorts me back I'm assuming she's I she's probably an ultrasound uh tech or she's a nurse either or she's one of the two and she does she walks me into a room she's so nice and so funny and like lightens the mood a lot in the appropriate ways and then she sets me in a chair and she's like hey I have to do an ultrasound it's protocol do you want to see the ultrasound and I say no I don't want to see the ultrasound she goes do you want to know if there's multiples in there it's like yeah I think that's something I would want to know she goes in there she's like there's only one um do you want to know how far along you are and I said yeah she says you're 10 weeks and uh two days is what she said like that was like pretty distinct Mm -hmm. 10 to uh, 10 weeks and two days and so I remembered that number and she and then she's like okay I'm gonna walk you into a room and you're gonna speak to the doctor the doctor comes in yeah I didn't like the doctor (laughs) the doctor was uh cold the doctor was a little bit aggressive um she asks me uh if if she can insert an iud today and i said no and she's like okay well i need you to understand abortion is not a form of birth control and like gets really serious with me she's like this will happen again to you if you don't get on birth control and i was and i i didn't even have a chance to tell her i was like i was on birth control when this happens clearly something got mixed up but i didn't feel like i needed to defend myself anymore because i knew for the rest of my life i would be defending my actions just to myself and to other people um and she's just being aggressive and she finally decides to instruct me on how the abortion is going to go about um and she pulls out one bottle and she tells me she's like uh you're going to take this today the first drug that i had to take in front of her was um mifepristone um and then she instructs me about the other and she's like there's two doses of misopristol which i don't think i'm saying that right but it's the second drug for the next day and i have to take it exactly 24 hours no earlier than 24 hours maybe an hour after i have to take it within this window um she's she looked at her watch and she goes okay you just took that pill it's 11 a.m you have 11 a.m to noon tomorrow to take this dose of the misopristol and then she pulls out another bottle and she says this is another dose of misopristol four hours on the dot you need to take your second dose because you are 10 and a half or 10 weeks and two days um therefore uh we start prescribing the two doses after eight weeks so therefore i had to take two doses 
and then she gives me like the warning list of like if xyz happens then you should call a doctor um and here's pads she gives me a little goodie bag of uh a clear blue pregnancy test that I had to take six weeks after the abortion because um, if I take it right after, it's going yeah. to still show up positive because I still have the hormones in my pee. Um, and then it has uh, a bunch of pads in there. It has a bunch of information, like a bunch of brochures about birth controls and just stuff like that. Um, and I take my little brown goodie bag home with me. I get in the car and my mom's like, all right, do you want to go get lunch? And we don't talk about Ugh. it. That's like the worst part of this for me. The next day, um, about an hour before I was supposed to take a medication, I was put the anti-nausea like in my mouth on my cheek and it dissolves. And I all of a sudden feel really? magical and better <laughs> because I, I didn't feel like shit. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy that I had done this. I was kind of leaping around. Um, I was happy it was over with. I knew it wasn't over with because I hadn't done the hard part yet, but I was so relieved that mm -hmm. I wasn't tied to this man anymore. I was relieved that mm -hmm. my future wasn't over, um, that I was still able to find myself and my own identity without having to worry and care for another living being. Um, adoption was really not an option for me, uh, for the sole fact that he wouldn't have signed away his rights and that child going to him was not a better option than me raising the child. Um, me raising a child wasn't a better option than what I chose. So I knew for my own sake that this was a good thing and I felt very, very relieved and happy. It felt like a breath of fresh air. Like I could finally breathe. Um, let me ask you something just to take you back a sec when I... Yeah. When you said that your mom and you didn't talk, I just had such a big reaction to that because to me that to me that is very very a painful idea of of having such a weight that no one's discussing. But that probably wrongful like that was just me viscerally reacting and I try to be as neutral as possible. Was that hard for you or was that what you needed? Yeah. I needed someone. I needed a shoulder to cry on. Yeah, that's what I thought. I needed someone to support me. Um, I'm sorry. And I never got it. My mom is a kind of a cold person. And I don't mean that in the sense of like she's a terrible mom. I just mean like she doesn't have the same empathetic feelings that other people have. Like you, she doesn't feel empathy for others yeah. the same way that I feel empathy for people. She's mm. very much like a that doesn't concern me type of person. And so um, the fact I had no friends, the fact that I had no support system – it was impossible and I was off of work that Thursday and mm -hmm. Friday because I had to take that other pill like the day after mm -hmm. but I was back at work by Saturday did your dad ever talk about it so, no but he knew my mom told him but they was avoided and actually my brother didn't find out until this year and to this day it's like never never talked about oh I'm so sorry it's really hard for my parents to like have conversations and like you know have deep feelings um I definitely I'm trying everything in my power to not be that way for my own sake, me for too. people around me's sake, for my future family's sake. Like, I don't know if I want children, but for anyone in my life in the future, for their sake. So you were saying you were at work and you remember. Well, before I went to work, because I did have to go to work the next day after Friday. So I'd go back to work on Saturday after I passed the pregnancy. But I do remember when I was passing the pregnancy, I was on the toilet and I, I can remember hearing, like, I, I did a lot of research about abortion. I read a lot of research about uh, people regretting it. You know, I just did everything in 
my power to be as fully informed before I made my decision and people talking about it looking like a little baby at and I I looked up what a fetus looks like at 10 weeks and two days and it kind of looks like a little alien this this didn't look like anything it looked like a clump of cells and a lot of blood like it didn't look like a baby it didn't feel this emotional attachment I'm a nanny so I love kids I feel this attachment to kids that I meet that aren't mine all the time but this lump of cells in the toilet just didn't feel like it ever had a soul or an attachment to me because I don't think it existed in that type of way it existed to potentially be that but it never existed in that way so I never felt sad I never felt like I lost something and I know that it's different for every person and every woman but it definitely this was your experience it definitely didn't feel like that for me I felt very like okay it's done with so where does it go from here with him? I mean, is that it? Yeah, he's still calling me. I don't, so I don't talk to him mm-hmm. for at least like four days. And then he calls me and I answer and I eventually, and I'm sitting in bed and it's late at night. I was like 10 p.m. And granted, I wake up like maybe at four in the morning or three in the morning to go to work at 4.30 or four, you know, whatever it was. So I wake up really early. So I was in bed already and I decide to answer it and I'm like half asleep on the phone and I tell him, I was like, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I can't do this anymore. And he says, okay, I understand. You know, this is June, like middle of June at this point. I got my abortion on June 10th. So this is like the middle of June. And he's like, telling me like I understand like I you know I still love you you know I still have all this respect for you like I still want to talk to you and I was like right now I just need space I need space and he didn't respect that like for the next month or so he was calling me almost every day and his mother was the only thing on his mind sitting in jail he did not get out like he told me he never got out in June shocked yeah he never got out in July oh my god Um, he never got out in August and he got sent to prison why when he still had a sentence to serve Mm -hmm. so from the mistake he made before i met him he had a sentence to serve from that and he got out of prison early to serve that sentence under parole he broke parole enough times where the judge was like you can't go back to the halfway house you can't be trusted what's the last you've heard from him oh that's fun so Mm -hmm. last year i turned 21 he got out of prison two days before my birthday and he still had my phone number memorized and he called and i answered And I talked to him for maybe a week um, on the phone and over text. And then I finally told him, I was like, what you're asking of me and you're still acting like we're going to get back together. We're going to have this life Mm -hmm. together. I don't want that anymore. If I'm going to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. with someone, it's probably not going to be another man for a long time. Like to this day, I still can't even be in a relationship. Like I have no sight of being in a committed long-term relationship with someone because I'm in therapy I have you know medication that I'm taking to help with like a lot of my ups and downs that I've been going through but I'm nowhere near a point in my life where I'm like okay I can can be compatible with another person and care about them all I can do is care about myself right now good I'm glad you're doing that yeah and then I heard from him three weeks ago that's actually oh what God. triggered me to what did he say? send my submission in <laughs> he 
three weeks ago or four weeks ago or whatever it's been, I made my account public because I needed to mm-hmm. for a job mm-hmm. opportunity. They wanted to see my Instagram. So I said, okay, like I made it public so anyone can go look at it. And I was only going to do that for a temporary w- amount of time. And he messages me mm-hmm. and I see the little red dot that says request uh, and I click it and it's from him and I'm like what the fuck does he want and I click it and he's like wow I'm so surprised like you let me follow you and I sent him a question mark and he's like he's like you you know he's like you let me follow you you accepted my following request and I was like no I just made my account public so it must just automatically allowed you to see my stuff he didn't like that he blocked me so that's that (laughs) I'm kind of glad it ended with just that though okay well do you know what my last question is food something about restaurants okay don't make a Panera (laughs) what's your favorite we come I show up in wherever you are Colorado where should I go to eat and what should I get there so I am obsessed with sushi sushi um I just started eating sushi a year ago so like this is a new territory for me but my closest uh friend that I live with actually she is um Japanese so therefore, mm-hmm. I trust her on it's mm-hmm. fresh and good. And it's ran by authentic, cha- you know, actually real Japanese people, not just mm-hmm. white people wanting to make sushi. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's called Sushi Bistro, and it's in Boulder. And I highly recommend it. It's off Folsom Street. And every time I go, I probably spend more than 50 bucks. But it's some of the best sushi for the fact that we are in a landlocked state and we have no oceans near us. So, What's your go-to uh, thing on the menu there? I really like, uh, I think it's called nagari, and it's cooked fish, and it's really okay. good. Um, and then I also like anything with salmon or tuna, like spicy mm-hmm. salmon roll or spicy tuna roll. And um, um, Well, thank you so much for telling your story. Seriously, I, yeah. I you said in the beginning, but we weren't recording, so maybe you could say it again. But, like, this isn't – I was talking about how, like, I was such a snitch and, like, wanted to, like – could not keep my mouth shut and you were saying yeah me too <laughs> yes um i straight up can't um keep a secret like when it comes to like presents or anything like i have to tell people anything i find out anything juicy i find out i have to tell someone but this was so serious and personal and i was so stressed about people looking at me differently that i decided to not tell a soul If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you don't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone.